Grace to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, truly our King of Advent. Amen. You may be seated. Word had spread to everyone. Preparations were in the works. Finest meats and cheeses were being delivered from all around the world. Freshest fruits and vegetables arriving in droves. Orchestras and bands were tuning up their instruments with choirs rehearsing their finest pieces. Roadways were being smoothed out and patched up something we highly value here in town. Streets and walkways were decluttered, sprayed down nice and clean. Lawns carefully manicured and every last weed removed. Dead tree branches cleared away. Animals washed and made fresh. Clothing stitched up or purchased anew. Excitement brimming beyond compare, unlike anything ever before. The greatest, the noblest, the kindest king of all time was coming to town. Everything must be ready. Everything must be perfect. Have you ever met someone famous? Truly famous How did you feel in their presence? Nervous? Confident? Unimpressed? Speechless? How would you prepare if you were to meet a king or a queen or the President of the United States? Think of what we do to prepare for a wedding and attending a reception the highest quality, one of the most important moments in the lives of a per- life of a person is met with the highest of regards. Skimping is avoided, and indulging becomes commonplace. The Lord Jesus, not really treated as a king. Many wanted to make him into their king, but he never looked the part, never really acted the part, like that of any great king or queen or other great leader. But when word got out that Jesus was approaching Jerusalem in a very public fashion, on the day following the Sabbath, there was not much time to make ready. To prepare. Those who did care did their best on short notice. They cut down branches from nearby trees and palm trees, waving them in front of Jesus' path, throwing them on the ground to make a level plain for his arrival. As there was Jesus sitting on the back of a donkey. They even took off their outer garments and cast them on the road in front of Jesus, thus making it even smoother and more comfortable. Not quite what you would think. When thinking of a royal highway, the idea of a highway is that it is a path that is free of debris 
and of other hindrances to allow for the smoothest and fastest of travels. And they tended to be wherever geography would allow them to exist with as little work as possible. Not going through the hills, but around them as easy as possible. And a royal highway. And such things did exist in the ancient world. They would receive the greatest attention and care. No doubt Jesus deserved such a reception. And so he was met with great cheers of the whole crowd saying, Hosanna, which means save us now. And cries of his messianic title, Son of David, filled the air surrounding the walls of Jerusalem. And all of this fulfilled, made complete the words of the prophet, Behold, look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey. Jesus truly was the king of kings, and he still is. And this season of Advent is all about his coming to us as our king. And so with Advent now upon us, we spend time preparing our hearts, our minds, for the celebration of Jesus' birth into this world. We've already omitted a part of our service that brings great exuberance and joy in an effort to remind us of the more subdued status of this season. So you reflect on the why of this. Why is this birth of Jesus so important? Why it is necessary for the Son of God, full of all power and might, to become a mere mortal, a human being. What that incarnation of God has meant for the entire world since that very moment. And you ponder Jesus' return on the last day as He promised. What does that mean? How will you be ready for His return? How do you make yourself ready now as He comes to you real time in real ways in word and in sacrament? What palm branches have you laid in the path of Christ? How are you making His highway truly that which is fit for a king? We end our confession of our sins often with these words, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Are these your thoughts all throughout your day? Both John and Jesus came with the message of repentance. It was continued from the preaching of the Old Testament prophets, for that message of repentance has been necessary ever since sin first entered into God's perfect, holy creation. You have often heard that God takes you as you are. 
that He loves you for who you are now. No change is necessary. Such is true. You do not need to be perfect or even well on your way to holiness or perfection before becoming a Christian. A righteous life is not a prerequisite for Christianity. While this is true, it is not the only truth. God did not send Jesus into this world so that you get to live then forever with Him in your kingdom as you are now. In your sinfulness and brokenness, sadness, despair. Jesus has come into this world because you are not as you were supposed to be. And the Lord Jesus has come to make you what you were meant to be. Jesus' blood shed upon the tree of the cross. It is the pleasing aroma, the pleasing sacrifice to God for your sin, for mine. Our sin has always needed a remedy, a cure, something to wipe it out, to cleanse it forevermore. Sin continues to be present in our lives, ruining everything, presenting a plethora of problems day in and day out. Repentance is the prophetic prescription. Repentance is our reflection on our own sinfulness, our faults, our failures. It is depressing. It is meant to be. You should not feel good about your sins, your wounds, your scars. You are to be like Peter. When the Lord Jesus leveled at him, the question's three. Do you love me? Peter was truly sorry for denying Jesus three times and was brokenhearted by Jesus' subsequent questioning. The response of Jesus, Peter's sin of full denial was forgiven. Peter is reinstated as a disciple, as an apostle of Jesus, going on to lead the very Christian church founded on Jesus Himself. Your confession of sin does the same. It leaves you feeling miserable, guilty for your flaws, your sins. It is as though God is peering into your every thought, Your every word, your every deed, sweeping into every deep, dark corner of your soul, which He does. Nothing can be hidden from His sight. You stand there embarrassed and ashamed, as do I. Nothing we can do but cringe in His sight, cower in fear. Then come those ever-sweet and ever-potent words of gospel. I forgive you all your sins. No one can snatch you out of my hand. You are mine, and I am yours. And Martin Luther wrote as the first of his 95 theses, The Lord Jesus willed that the entire life of the Christian 
was to be one of repentance, constant reflection on our sinfulness, constant turning away from our broken condition, constant assurance that our sins stand forgiven in Jesus. And that is your good and proper preparation this season of Advent for the coming of our King. It is the royal highway laid out before Jesus with the finest of servants waiting for His return. And yet none of this is your work, nor is it my work. We cannot by our own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ our Lord or come to Him. There is no power within us, thoroughly corrupt and broken human beings that we are, that can enable us to rightly repent of our sin. We can't do it alone. Our natural sin-filled tendency actually is to deny our sinfulness or the severity thereof of our neglect of our neighbor's needs, to defend our heinous use of gossip, to elevate ourselves, and to condone our thoughts of hatred toward those who work against us. That's who we are, by our nature as sinners. So the Holy Spirit must work. He alone has called us by the gospel. He alone has worked that repentance in our hearts, all because of Jesus, because of His death and His resurrection for you, delivered to us in the means of grace, in word and in sacraments. Word has spread to everyone. The gospel is made known to the ends of the earth. The King of kings shall return at any moment. Are you ready? By faith in Jesus, the answer is yes. A resounding yes. For the Lord Himself has made you ready. He rode into Jerusalem on a donkey's back, knowing full well His path led to the cross. Jesus bought and paid for your release from sin by suffering and dying upon the tree of Calvary. And so you now stand ready for His return in glory because He has clothed you, covered you in the baptismal waters with His fullest of righteousness. You are prepared because you have been fed with the medicine of immortality, life everlasting, Jesus' own body and blood. And so behold, look, your King is coming to you, exalted and riding on the clouds of heaven with a trumpet blast, with the cry of great command, and you will Join with Him in the air to be with Him forevermore when He returns in glory. And He will return. And you will be with Him. Amen. The peace that passes all of our human understanding, guard and keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.